Hey folks, Matt jumping in just to let you know part two of a two-part episode is what you're listening to right now. If this is your first time listening or you missed the last episode, jump one back, check out part one with our good friend Owen, come back, we dive in exactly where we left off. We jumped out, we're jumping back in right away. Heads up, episode 100 is happening, so get yourself ready for that. Coming up after episode 99 part two, which is this one, we got some special guests lined up, some fun things planned, so don't miss out on that. Also, thanks again to our Patreon subscribers, our new subscriber Jason, and as always, Michael as well. We really appreciate you guys chipping in a little jingle to help uh, help alleviate some of the costs of this endeavor. Check out uh, some pre-roll of uh, this conversation we had with Owen. There was more of this. Oh, oh, you think this was all? No, no, no. There was much more to this. Uh, so we had some pre-show banter that we'll throw up on the Patreon as part of the bonus feed where we talk about some scary houses. Check that out, all our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash sdstudios. But without further ado, on with part two with Owen. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoy. I started listening, and I was like, these guys aren't really talking about beer. I don't get this. They say they're a, a show about drinks, so I'm going to go and listen to beer podcasts instead. And I downloaded a bunch of beer podcasts. And they're and boring. Like, they're so boring. You are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew in the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. So the categories for this year. Yeah. Which category did this fall into? This is really good. Right? I really like this. I beer. really like this, too. I'm and happy to donate all of my share of that to you, Matt. <laughs> That's fine. I'm going to have, like, a this splash more. This would have more, been this under is... uh, either spice. I think this was under spiced beer or other flavored beer. So it's kind of where you stuck your... It would have been under spiced beer. So what actually won in spiced beer? That, well, should we just go through the list? Yeah, why don't we do that? All right, let's go through the list. So, and the way that these categories broke down, last year, as, as we were talking during the break here, I got into some ugly Twitter fights last year with people right. about I the way that the categories happen. broke down. And they were like, well, if only there was some organization, <laughs> a beer judging organization like that certified people that had guidelines of some kind. And I was like, yeah, shut up. Shut my response to that is shut all the way. Are you a master-ranked BJCP judge? No, sit down. I will gatekeep right now. <laughs> this is going to happen. Yeah, my response like, to that is shut all the way The whole point of this was up. to be not gatekeepery and yeah. screw you. I'm going to run my competition the way that I fucking want to. Was to base it on something other than a predetermined, yeah. very rigid set of criteria. We wanted beers to be grouped with like beers and then judged based on how people felt about them that day yeah right? which is and it's genius if we if we ran the same competition with the same beers two weeks later with the same judges mm -hmm. the results might be different right well and and even that like i remember having a conversation at the best if i can spill the tea about what was chatted about at the best in show table i sat in on and it was very it was a very pragmatic decision because i lobbied very hard 
for a Flemish red beer that I thought was fucking tops and it it was good. It was. Um that was really good. But the the biggest counterpoint to that is that it was inaccessible to a general audience. So like my, that was an extremely inaccessible beer from a financial standpoint because you had to buy a three-pack of expensive yeah. beers to get one of those. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's why I had never tried it <laughs> until that point. Like, I don't know that I want to spend that much but money. But we had people walk away from that Best of Show table and go and buy multi-packs of that yeah. just to get that beer. Sorry? It would have probably, what, been about a $60 multi-pack? Something My like that. Word. Uh, it was the, the for three bottles for three seven fifties. Okay. Which is... Not unreasonable. Big Rock. That's a $60 six-pack. Yeah. It's Big Rock's, like, it was their Flemish Red was the one that I really liked. And then there was uh, an oak-aged rye, no, rye barrel-aged, and then what was the other one? I don't know. I don't remember the other one. They entered all three of them. Oh, did they? They entered all three of them, and I still, I just drank my rye barrel-aged one. It was not bad. Yeah, yeah. But the Flemish Red was so good. And they actually, they had the first cool ship in the province, I think. I believe that is correct. And uh, rapidly, probably to be overtaken by the new cool ships going. Not unlikely. in a couple of different locations. There's there's a shocking number of people who are going to be spontaneous. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. But it's... (sighs) Alberta is at a very young stage in its brewery economy life but it's coming to the brewing game very 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 late um so i think we're coming at it pretty hard too oh no that's true um but if i can relate it to sportsing because i spent the weekend listening to sports sportsing go um there will never be another record shattered because we've just reached the peak of what the human body is capable of like nobody will ever shatter a sport is highly unlikely to shatter a sports record in our lifetime, if ever again. Uh, and that was pointed out to me by the ludicrous leap in stolen bases that Ricky Anderson made. Like, you, for every record, it's kind of a pretty steady decline with some... But for the stolen base record, it goes like this. Um, so it doesn't for, shock me. Just for everybody at home, Matt just made a gesture where his finger went up high. Very, very high. quickly. Yeah, it's very, very up very quickly. Um miming on podcasts so like this is, this is an audio medium we're we're in a in i haven't a, been podcasting for as long as you have let's be fair yeah, it's true. an audio medium fair valid i just got schooled in my own show um but we're at a point where like we're we're getting to like peak technology where it is possible for many breweries to have a cool ship but alberta is also a very young industry so it feels like there's a rush of it right away but they're really just kind of catching up to where everybody's at yeah. I like we're we're we have a lot of big fish in a very small pond relatively relative to other beer scenes, but it's still very exciting. Well, I mean, what a time reminds, to be alive! It reminds me a little bit of when I started homebrewing. Like when I started homebrewing, most people didn't know that there was an internet. I, I exaggerate, <laughs> right? But this was this was the mid nineties. Yeah, and there were stories about the internet on the news where they had to explain what the internet was. Yeah, nerds had internet at home. I could get. Three kinds of hops, mm-hmm. cheesy old pellet hops. I could get six Jeez. kinds of malts, and four of them were crystal malt. I could get three, four different colors of crystal malt, chocolate malt, and black patent malt, and roast barley. That was what I could get for malts. I could get liquid or dry malt extract. Huh. You couldn't buy a sack of two-row barley really? as a civilian. 
<laughs> like you'd you just, have to it go. was not available. Yeah. Right. Huh. And I look at where people start from today yeah. as homebrewers like, versus where I started. It's from. like they didn't even have to try. They, it, exactly. Like you can you can go on Ontario beer kegs right now and buy a ten gallon three vessel brew sculpture. Buy sacks of every special, like you can buy dozens of specialty grains. You yeah. can buy leaf hops, pellet hops, anything you want. Hop extracts, lupulin powder to snort. I guess. <laughs> Uh, you can buy kegging systems. You can buy basically a pre-built jockey box keg. Like yeah. you had to do everything, home-built DIY it, punk it, rock from scratch. It takes the. It doesn't. It take some of the fun out of it. It totally does. <laughs> so I went like I was. I, you I know wrote what a, I I wound up with like all this like people are building like miniature microbreweries in their basement. Yeah. Right. Do you know where I wound myself up as a home brewer when I was like I was actually at my peak of doing my best home brewer that I ever did? I was doing brew in a bag. Do you know what brew in a bag I've is? I've heard you describe it on the radio so before. A brew in the bag is using a paint straining bag rather than a lauder ton or a mash ton. You just you get your grains and you stick them in a paint straining bag and you stick them in a cooler with water that's the right temperature and you jam it with a paddle a few times. Wait for an hour for the enzymes to convert. You pull it out, and then you don't have you don't have to worry about is it going to have a stuck mash or whatever. You just pull the thing out, and you're done. It's like a tea bag for beer, and it's so fast and it's so easy. Huh. That I don't understand why everybody doesn't do it, but I know why everybody doesn't do it. Why not? Why don't they do that? They don't do it because of the romance of having a tiny brewery in your basement instead of but just it, making good beer easy. That's not romantic. What's romantic to me is the cooler with the tea bag. Right? Like, that's the romantic thing to me. Well, roman- well romance is all about tea bagging. <laughs> that's fair. Um, why don't we run through the, uh, your beer categories from All this right. year? I'm going to get in so much trouble from Hasba for being on this show and are saying you? these things. <laughs> it's fine. Like, Not these things, but the things that I've been saying. That's yeah. all being right. Coarse and- I should have been fired long ago yeah. for stuff that I've said on this show. So, okay. So number one is basically the reason why I got into ugly Twitter fights, which is the category patio beer. Right? Oh, because right. That was, it's what <laughs> gatekeeper beer nerds just. It, oh, it just goes – they go from 0 to 11 yeah. the second they hear patio beer. But it's – we were going to call it it's gateway beer. It's a good beer. category. Right? It's we the were, kind of shit you drink on a patio. And we, I, when you say patio beer, you know I know exactly, exactly what, what you mean. I mean. Yep. Me too. We were going to call it gateway beer, but then we thought, no, it's not just gateway beer. It's not just beer <laughs> for people who don't drink beer. This is, I don't need a gateway I, beer, but I enjoy patio beers. I love exactly. these beers. These are some of my favorite beers. I – like, on a hot day, I'm not going to sit down and drink a double IPA and chase it with a bourbon barrel-aged imperial. No, that, that's absurd. Yeah. So, Somebody, I feel, made that joke that was like, shh, don't tell the civilians that we don't drink double barrel-aged barley wines on our off time. <laughs> um, so, uh, is the, did Patio Beers made it from year one to year two? Yep. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, that that is even though it is an unwieldy, almost impossible to judge category because there was like there was forty entries or so the first year. There was probably more than that this no, year. No, that's the easiest category to judge. It, well, it's easy to judge, but it's hard to like administer because you have to have so many rounds. We actually last year because we had categories that were so big, we actually had to increase the amount of beer that you had to send this year because of the way that we do it. Because it's not just whoever scores the most points goes to the yeah. final. We have these runoffs, right? Yeah. So if you've got 40 beers, you're doing like three runoff rounds. And if you only have 
like the first time we said, send us four industry standard bottles or three tall cans. And we were like, no, that wasn't cutting the mustard. Really? So this year it was, it had to be a six pack of, of, of 12 ounce, four tall cans, three bombers, basically three minimum of 1.8 liters and three containers. That was what we said. Right. Okay. And because we were running out of beer the last time we were yeah. pouring really little small samples. That's how I was able to drive home. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and we still are pouring really little samples, but there's just more beer to take home for a lot. Like <laughs> a lot of us. Are really right. Normal. So who took, what was bronze, silver, gold, and okay. patio? So bronze, silver, gold. So bronze was blind enthusiasm. Fabellus. Sure. Uh, Silver was Patty's Barbecue and Brewery Pilsner. I hear good things about that beer. Uh, I want to go down to Patty's. Me too. Where and are I they? don't even. They're down in Calgary. Calgary. They're oh. not far from. You Calgary. know what? When you guys move down to Calgary, I'm coming down, and we three of us, yes, are going to go and we're going to do some beers. Totally. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do like some brewery things, but Patty's for supper. Boom. I'm renting going. a two bedroom. You're welcome to crash in my guest well, room. Well, my parents live like eight there blocks from you, so okay. Uh, and number one, Sawback Brewing Hazy Blonde Ale. Okay. And, yeah. Can I ask, was Beats entered in that category? Beats by Sinden? Yes. No, it was not. Was Beats entered in a sour category? It was. Yeah, it should be. I, I'd put that on the that would, would you put that on the patio? I would the patio? put that on the patio. Well, here's the thing, though. I would, like, I, I feel strategic. like it's a bold statement to do so, but I would put that, in, I would submit it as a patio. You yeah. have to be strategic. And actually, we, I believe, if I recall correctly, on our, on our, uh, in, on the guidelines that said fruit beers should be entered as in the fruit category. Even if they're sour? Even if, yeah. And sour beers should be entered in the sour category. So... Um, we're trying to l- group like beers with like beers. Okay. Right? So patio beer has, it's pretty, it's a pretty broad category. Yeah, but I understand now where, where the boundaries are drawn. Strategically though, if there are 40 or 50 patio beers being entered and 20 sours, you probably we'll know where you want to focus yeah, your we'll efforts, right? Category. Um, so the, I'm so just a weirdo then. Category two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Was hoppy sessionable beer, and we had hoppy dark sessionable and hoppy light sessionable last year. We combined those categories. That's probably smart. So uh, bronze medal was red bison uh, party pants pale ale. <laughs> Silver was plains breaker dry hopped wheat ale. That's yep. a good beer. That won gold beer. last year, I think, in pale sessionable. Yeah, it's good beer. And uh, number one was sea change the wolf. Also a good beer. A very good. Beer. Although I prefer the wolf pup. Yeah, I said it. Oh, uh, category three was uh, German and Czech style pilsners. Cool. So uh, f- far, far, and far. <laughs> no, actually, uh, far did not enter this year. Really, really? far did far entered last year and did not win. I remember that, and it was oh, everybody was so surprised. Yeah, like everybody was like, "Well, this must be far." Like this is the best pilsner on the table. This must be. This must be far. And, none of- and it wasn't. And. Uh, so. Controversial opinion: Their pilsner is their worst beer. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. Their Dunkelweizen is by far their best. Yes, that is not also not I don't a. I controversial... think I've had their Dunkelweizen. It's, it's fantastic. I like their half. Yeah, the half is really good. Like the half. The Dunkelweizen, the Dunkelweizen is like. I've had a conversation with Joachim where he was explaining to me why his pilsner is different from what you expect from a German pilsner, <clears throat> and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if people have a different expectation of what your pilsner is, then you need to spend more time explaining it to them. Yeah, you need to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a big fan of like German beers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about the only lagers in particular. The only lagers that I reliably really enjoy. Um, but I'm a big fan of Dunkelweizen. 
Like yep. those are those are beers that got me into beer. Oh, don't uh, get me wrong, I like a Dunkelweizen. Uh, I hate Dunkelweizens, and I think that beer's. Amazing. I like a I like a, a Hefeweizen, like a pale Hefeweizen, more than a Dunkelweizen. I would uh, toss the far stuff up against some of my favorites from Germany, and I appreciate he's German, but mm-hmm. still. <laughs> speaking of speaking of dark beer versus light beer and Dunkels, um, have you been down to Omen? Not yet. Okay. I know that they're like they're the dark beer brewery guys from Omen. Your pale ale is legitimately absolutely my favorite of your beers huh super good pale ale. i'll have to go check them out super good pale ale hmm. go before you move because it's going to be a lot further to get there that's true good Matt point has a lot more time than i do before uh, yeah, yeah. More time. i'm going in like four weeks he's going in a few months we're not uh, moving down there together. No. Have I done... No, no, we haven't done German haven't beers. Done German I, beers. I guess they were all far, and then we... Uh, so, number three, Travois Airworks German Pils. Okay. Number two, uh, Caravel Captain's Log German-style Pilsner. Number mm. one, Big Rock Pilsner. Huh. Really? Big Rock. People knock Big Rock. They but do, but they win awards. Big Rock makes clearly good beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They They've also make some beers that I don't prefer. Yeah. <laughs> I but... would say that Big Rock has gotten a lot better since they opened another brewery in BC. Their quality has gone up. Uh, I think a lot of what's going on at Big Rock is that they kind of went astray and thought we can be a regional <laughs> medium-sized brewery. Yeah. And tried to go big and kind of abandoned their crafty roots. Mm. And realized that that was probably a wrong move mm-hmm. and are mm-hmm. moving back in the other mm-hmm. direction now. That's that actually that circle is now completely repeated. The circle itself. is repeated. Okay, the circle shall be unbroken. Yeah, you got to remember, I hit the beer. I hit the craft beer scene in 1995. Yeah, when Big Rock okay. was the option. The tragically hip was on the radio, and Big Rock was on the tap. Yeah. Or Okanagan Springs, if you were in BC. I, I drank a lot of Warthog. Yeah, at Denny's Den at the UFC. Yeah. Over and over, it was five twenty-five for a jug of Kokanee Gold, or six bucks for a jug of Warthog, and Paid minimum wage was seven bucks an hour. So, so an hour's so, worth. No, it was five bucks an hour. Hours worth of work got you just about all the way. Just to about all the way to a jug of beer, and boy, oh, those. Uh, the bar we used to play open, my cat. We went there for a while, partially because they had Warthog on tap, mm-hmm. then they replaced it with Honey Brown. I was so angry. Oh, um, just wait then. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. What's after German? Uh, after just so, category four is wheat beers. Okay. So, uh, Troubled Monk, Bucktooth, Belgian White. Good for them. Bronze medal. Hell's Basement. Ain't half. He, he ain't half. He's my brother. That's not a silver. And Good Mood Brewery. Good Mood Half of Eisen was uh, oh. gold medal. Uh, what am I? Category five was amber ales. Okay. Hang on, this is goes over two pages, so I got to. So Fitzsimmons East Lake Amber, yeah, bronze, yeah, bronze medal. Good for them. I'm, all these are bronze to gold. Okay. Uh, Forge Dry Amber from Town Square Brewing. Okay. And gold medal was Red Rage. Really? Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. <clears throat> As an amber ale, like because again we're not, and that was that was the uh, the complaint that uh, Graham actually I emailed back and forth with Graham Sherman. Uh, before the uh, the first competition, he was like, "None of my none of my beers are going to medal because I don't we don't brew to style." And I was like, "Well, that's not what it's like." And of course, yeah. he they won a bunch of medals the yeah. first time mm-hmm. around. And he apologized to me on Twitter. So. Oh, did he? There yep. you go. <laughs> Publicly did, at that. Did he use the clown emoji? Because that's how I know it's him. 
Number six, Amber and Dark Lager mm-hmm. uh, is Caravel Munich yeah. style Dunkel. Okay. Patty's Barbecue and Brewery Black Lager, and Town Square Brewing Pond Surfer California Common. Oh, that's a great beer too. That is a good beer. Uh, category seven was brown ales. Okay. And so Cooley, uh, Bears Hump Nut Brown Ale. Bronze. Really? Yep. Ribstone Abbey Lane, because we had Miles yeah. in with the Browns. That's also a great beer. And <clears throat> Village Blacksmith. Yeah, that also tracks. Next is Porter's. Okay. Uh, this is part of the divvying up of the brown beers. Ribstone style. Porter, Old Man Winter. Uh, Silver Metal Cooley Colbanks Porter. And gold medal, the establishment brewing company Fat Sherpa. Huh. I have tried none of those beers. Maybe the establish- there's some good stuff in establishment. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I keep hearing. I hear there's a couple of good places I haven't been yet. Establishment comes out of some really good homebrew roots. And there's sort of two ways that a brewery to me get gets turned into a thing. And it's either homebrewers start a brewery. Yeah. Or a guy with a marketing degree has a business plan that he did during his marketing degree where they did a business case for a brewery and he thinks, well, that can't be that hard and it sounds like fun and they do that. Yeah. Those are the ones that close within two to three years. Yeah. And then the ones that are established by home brewers who have been doing it for 20 plus years generally start out with n- worse beers Yeah. because the marketing guys hire professional brewers. But the, home, <laughs> but the home brewers the actually home brewers care. actually figure out what's the matter with their beer on the big system and figure it out and get it good. Yeah. <laughs> what an ex. I uh, I will. I would also lump like ex oil guys into that category, like guys who made a bunch of money, yeah. who were smart enough to not buy three CDs with their oil but money. Only bought the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they they sunk the rest of that cash into a brewery. What else we got? Okay, so stouts. Okay. Uh, Red Bison Altamira Oatmeal Stout. Yeah. Uh-huh. Siding 14 Coal Pusher Stout. And Hell's Basement Ghost Train. Huh. Good for Siding 14. I haven't tried any of those. I've had the Siding 14. <coughs> I'm surprised the I've flat read. cap and yours didn't end up in that. We didn't enter this year. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay. So the OT Brewing Company, this is Pale Ales and Bitters. The OT Brewing Company Flagstick Hazy Pale Ale is yeah. bronze. Yeah. Outcast Brewing Make That a Double. And Annex Forward Progress, gold medal. Huh. Was the Make That a Double the only thing Schnarly entered? Uh, I don't think so. Did he meddle with anything else? I can't remember. I'm going to, well, yeah, find we can, out. we can find oh, out. <laughs> I just, because again, like, his, like beers tend yes. to get, his beers tend to get raved about, and I would feel feel like there would have been well, something got from a, that. Well, he got a silver. But that's that's down the list. Like, not that silver's down the list. It's just we've been through a few categories. Well, that we're I about like, halfway there. Oh, okay. There's still a we're more not even. Well, no. Yeah, we're not even halfway oh, there. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then I'm just right. jumping the gun. Sorry, uh, brother. So, category 11, IPA. So, IPA was a nightmare category for us this year because we had IPA and then other strong hoppy beer. And we were like, if it's an IPA, yeah. enter it as an IPA. Yeah. If it's an if it's anything else, if, if you're calling it an IPA but then have like a modifier on it. It's a red IPA. It's a black IPA. It's Enter it in the IPA, other whatever. dark hoppy. Put it in this category. No. Everybody just, Can't regardless you just... of wherever it went, like we just basically had to take categories 11 and 12 Look at what they were describing it as and, like, resort the whole thing. I was going to say, can't you just – Yeah, well, and one of my prerogatives as the head judge is my job is if you've put it in the wrong place, I will put it in the right place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still think Beats is a patio beer. Disagree. Hard disagree. Oh, you're out of your mind. Beats is a sour. 
I, well, it is, it a, is sour. a sour. I'm not saying it's not a sour. So put it with the sours. Patio beer or something else. I agree with Paul. You're all. You're stupid. You're, Just because you're, you're, you would you're drink it on your the patio doesn't bad. mean it's a patio beer. There are lots of sours that are also patio beers. That's, but that's right. not what that. The, the two Every not... kettle sour is a patio beer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But they're still sours. But I don't want a 60 entry patio beer category because it makes my life a nightmare. <laughs> well, on then that maybe weekend. be more specific. I am very specific. If you read the goddamn guidelines, it says that sour beers go in sour beer and fruit beers go in fruit beer. He's one of three master BJCPs in the country. Your opinions don't matter. Thank you, Paul. Continue. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, other strong. No, I was on IPAs, right? Yes. Yes. All right. uh, Bronze medal is Snake Lake uh, uh, nor Glenwold West Coast IPA. Yeah. Uh, Number. Great uh, beer. Uh, no, sorry, that was, sorry, no, that was not bronze, that was silver. Uh, bronze was Cabin Sunshine Rain. I like that beer, too. Uh, silver was Snake Lake Norglenwald West Coast IPA. Gold was Wild Rose High Harvest. That's the best thing that's come out of that brewery in a long, it like, best really new good. beer that's come it out of that brewery. It was really, really good. Yeah, I, I was it. shocked how much I, like, I feel like that sounds shitty, but yeah, I was very surprised. I'm not an IPA fan, right? Uh, well, it's, it's also... I almost feel like that should have gone in the other hoppy beer category because they don't even call it an IPA, do they? They no, it call says it IPA. A, does it? Yeah. That's an I thought IPA. they called it a hemp, like an HPA nope. or a hemp. Oh, okay. No, it's an IPA. It okay. says says so right on the can. I read it. Other strong hoppy beer, which is basically your seed, Cascadian darks. Yeah. Your white IPA. No, yeah. wait. White IPA is in that category. Whippa, whippa, dippa, whippas, dippas, flippas, whatever whippas. you got, right? Um, so it Eepa. was bronze was Annex Force Majeure. Okay. Bronze was Sawback or silver was Sawback India Dark Ale. Yeah. And gold okay. was Snake Lake Sidewinder. Sidewinder's not an IPA? It was a New England IPA. Okay. So, so New, New England's were getting that. segregated into the other strong hoppy. And next huh. year we're going back to having a separate New England category. Yeah, I was, was, was kind of surprised. We thought that it was going to be like tailing off. It was not no, tailing off this year. Not. Like, and we, because we're doing these categories like six months out, we really don't know what's really going to yeah. be going on. Six, and that's the nature of the industry. Oh, you don't totally. know what it's going to be like in six months. Maybe you can clear this up for me. Cause I, just with the proliferation of like new England and also hazy IPAs, mm-hmm. where would you draw the distinction? Master BJCP. Are those not Be- the same thing? Between New England and pale ales and hazy. hazy. I, I consider those as two sides of the – like, it's, it's the same thing. If Kay. it's a hazy and it's juicy, it's a New England. Okay. Okay. To me, an IPA, if it's going to go into the IPA category, it should be relatively clear and it should be bitter. Okay. And it should have um, – for my tastes, it should be resiny, piney – Old school American sea hops, Cascade, um, uh, Centennial. It shouldn't be the modern hybrid Amarillo, Citra, Mosaic Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. So have you? I am so old. Well, like I said, that's very old school. My my context for good beer is out of the nineties. What's after? Uh, category 13 miscellaneous is, hoppy beers category 13 is belgian ales so okay at bronze is old man river st joe's abbey style brown okay at silver is right. blind man brewing's anniversary number three belgian triple which was lovely i hear it was great I oh it was I good it. and uh at gold was uh, norseman's wolf and monk's clothing belgian quad huh. because 
And that was I was coming. Yeah, we I was going to come up that. with the name of that, and it was going to be here. It was going to be written down somewhere. That was the one that I had on my birthday last year, and it was it was not the best that we had last year, but when a year aged on it, with the years with age, it was good. It was good. Uh, nice. It was really good. Obviously, this is fun. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> I know this before other people. Right? By the way, I feel that's special. the best part of this. Yeah. Um, so uh, category fourteen is farmhouse ale. So that's uh, mostly saisons. Yeah. Freehold Lazy Saisy Saison was uh, number bronze. Uh, was bronze. I really like that beer. Uh, at silver is Fitzsimmons Anniversary Saison. Mm-hmm. And at gold is uh, Banded Peak Chinook. Oh, that's good shit, too. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for a Banded Peak beer in there. Well, I, didn't we have one already? No, I'm, I meant in that category. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. very sad still. That Troubled Monk doesn't do their Saison anymore, but as Matt relayed it through Chris, I was apparently the only one. You were the best customer for that beer. I loved that beer. I would drink that by the flat, literally. That Belgian style, like, farmhouse really tends to get lost in the shuffle when you start, like, building a core lineup. They're not the first brewery to have that happen. I I, I think that the wit they replaced it with is fine. Well, Saison is... Back back in the day, I said Saison is the new IPA. Yeah, I used to say that, I too. I did, too. And now Brute IPA is the new Saison. I don't think Saison uh, was ever the new Brute IPA. Brute IPA is the new Gruner Veltliner. Yeah. It's really hot in, like, in L.A. and New York, but you're never sure if it's going to catch on with the Midwestern housewife. So <laughs> the other bit of that is that uh, part of why I liked the – oh, God, I'm even forgetting the name of it now. The Troubled Monk Saison was that – it was a little sweeter than a lot of saisons tend to be, mm-hmm. and like yep. just a little bit boozier. Yep. And it made it like even though it was a six percent beer, it made it very sessionable to me in a way that like not necessarily all saisons are. When did six percent become a session beer? It, that's it, a it thing. Isn't. No, it's not. It's, it's not. Abs- it's four percent is a session beer. Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is that um, no, be- but like people are like. I'm not saying that you're saying. I'm saying that like generally, people are saying that because people stupid. are saying that six percent is sessionable. No, it's no. Not. it is under, not a sessionable beer. That under five percent is a session beer. Yeah, yeah. under anything, under five. Anything five percent or above is either. We're getting shouty on the internet. <laughs> are you quoting my Twitter bio? Yes, I am. That, he, can, he, he can come back. Uh, that's yeah, not yeah, even yeah, a deep yeah. cut. That's just straight up on your. Yeah, Twitter like bio. all I have to do is getting read. drunk and shouty on the internet. Well, I. I'm drunk. I don't know about you no, guys, but I was, dr- I was drinking. You were drunk before I got here. I'm yeah. still very much enjoying this <laughs> spicy beer. I did not care for that, but that's a different topic. What I was saying was... Um, well, that's part of the generalized topic is judging beer. And I'm... Can I just say right here that I'm very, very proud of myself mm-hmm. that I have gotten the two of you... To spend an entire episode of Drink This Podcast Talk- talking Actually, about I was going to make a joke about it. Like, so if anybody wonders why when, when I say on Twitter that we may even talk about beer, it's it's a direct dig at Owen who complains that we never talk about beer. Well, also uh, my buddy Jeff who came on the show for yeah. a few episodes where uh, – Who I didn't worked, recognize me. A guy I worked with. He did after the fact. Yeah, no, I know once I told him who I was. He, he, was, he felt terrible about nah, that. It's fine. But, it doesn't matter. Uh, a guy I used to work with at the, Rare Book, the Special Elections Library on campus, we uh, we had somebody fall through as a guest once and on a whim because he's super into booze and cocktails and beer. We had I asked if he wanted to come on. And so we listened to a couple of episodes. And when he shows up after having a bit of a rant about his neighbors, he goes, so I listened to a few episodes of your show. You don't talk about beer. For a show that claims to be about beer. You don't it does not claim beer. to be about beer. I really didn't understand your show the first time I listened to it. So the first time I listened to Drink This Podcast, 
I, when was this though? Because this is like way back in the midst of time. Okay, this, this, this show started as a show about beer in 2011. So, yeah, but beer shows are boring. Yeah, yeah, well, that was the point. Like, I was, I just started listening to podcasts. I had, like gotten a new iPhone and I was like downloading podcasts. I was yeah. going to listen to podcasts on my commute instead of CBC Radio because obviously I don't listen to CBC enough. Yeah, they, and, they weren't getting enough of your attention. And I was like, and. I started listening, and I was like, these guys aren't really talking about beer. I don't get this. They say they're a, a show about drinks, so I'm going to go and listen to beer podcasts instead. And I downloaded a bunch of beer podcasts. And they're and I was boring. Like, it's so boring. There is, like, I love beer. I, yeah. I could talk about this beer This has no all day. Citra yeah. hops and galaxy blended with All a... beer podcasts are boring Fucking podcasts. Boring. And then I started, <laughs> and then, like, some, like, because I never unsubscribed. Yeah. But I just, I would just delete it. Yeah. Right. I would just delete your I have podcast. Several podcasts in my feed that are and but, just to boost their numbers. But then it was like, oh, I know that person because I think you were talking to Jacob or you're talking yeah. to Erica or whoever you were talking to, right? And I was like, oh, I know that person. I'll listen. Or is Jason Foster or yeah. whoever? Like, oh, I'll a, listen if you're talking to Jason right. Foster. I'm still mad I wasn't on that episode. I wanted so to be. I would start listening to the episodes where you were talking to people that I personally knew. That's how I used to listen because we kind of have like we don't have like a hundred percent overlapping social no, but circle, but we've got like enough. probably a good twenty percent yep. overlapping. So, absolutely. But uh, so I started listening to those and I was like, well, fuck. And then I figured it out, and that's where your catchphrase comes from. Yeah. I figured out what this was, why I like this. <laughs> It's so because you I don't what get to go to Wonder Bar we... anymore and drink beer. Right. Well, he... so well, I think what you're just going to say is you know what we were before we did. Yeah. But the thing is that this I've, – I've never been a podcast guy. I listen to the occasional one. I don't really listen to us even that much anymore. But what happened was – Oh, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> Matt was a big fan of podcasts from way back in the day. And we went for beer one night when he lived a block from here. And it was just after we'd stopped working together or, you know, like six months after the fact. But because he lived so close, um, we kind of kept doing what we did, and we worked at the liquor store where, like... Which liquor store did you work at? Fine Select. By liquor Select. Where is that? Uh, 149th Street. Oh, okay, 82nd, yeah, yeah. All right. yeah, 89th, yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. Um, I probably bought liquor from you when I was living over there. Probably. Might have And I probably too. also bought liquor from you when you were working at the Bothy. <laughs> I didn't work yeah. at the Bothy. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... <clears throat> The thing that we kind of like, all the people that worked together when I was there were friends. For, like for the last year, I was there because I was there for a while. Um, and one of the things that we did just to be better <coughs> at our jobs, and because like all of us worked there because we like booze, not because like mm. it was just a, a job. And so whenever Matt and I hung out, like we would we do an analysis of what we were drinking because he still worked there at the time. <coughs> and uh, so there was a night we we're having dinner at the original Joe's. He used to be up the road. And he says, would you ever have any interest in putting a microphone in front of this? Because, like, this is something I'm interested in. And, like, we talk about this stuff anyways. And it might be interesting. So it's not only that we're doing a pub culture podcast. It was literally pitched at a, like, sitting at yeah. the bar counter having a conversation about booze. So, like, that's always been baked into the DNA. Well, and this show comes from the fact that I love Smodcast, which is just two right. friends having a yeah. dopey conversation. And it just so happened. They're that. way funnier than yeah. us, though. Well, by a long stretch. Yeah. When Jansen was here, we were giving him a run for their money. He, uh, Jansen was very funny. So, um, one of my be other best friends, who well, lives in Victoria let's, now. Let's finish the category. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> what, uh, we, were, we just finished Stouts? Uh, we finished Farm House Sales. We're on to extra strong beer. Oh, yeah. last year. Okay, so last year. Were you on that tasting panel? It was, it was, Erica was on and Jacob were on the same tasting panel. No. They were doing barrel-aged beers, extra strong beers, and strong Belgians in a row. Oof. And because 
and and Jacob, like he says, he's not a big guy. No, he is a he's a tiny man. He is as a tiny he man. He himself as a, a what is it? A, a frail waif of a man. Yeah, and he got through those beers like a trooper. We're talking like the minimum was like a nine percent beer. Yeah. And there was a bunch of them, and I thought he was going to die. I thought Jacob was going to die because he was really hurt. Oh, bummer. Poor guy. Pharma. Okay, so extra strong beers. So uh, at number three, Ego Death from Annex Ales. Uh, silver, Medicine Hat, Russian Imperial Stout. And, yeah. uh, well, you know who the gold medal is going to be in this category, right? Do I? Who else could? Who else wins extra strong beer, barley Old wines? Dude. Old Deuteronomy. Old dude, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um. So I I also appreciate that that beer lives up to its own hype, like even That's blind. That's a damn good beer. It is a damn good beer. I remember um, bugging Neil years and years ago. Are you going to brew Old Deuteronomy this year? And he's like, Nah, we can't sell all that. It might actually have been. So there I can't a, sell two thousand liters of Old Deuteronomy. Why I, would we bother brewing it this year? When I first, I've still got some from last year. Right. When I first got into craft beer, I remember I emailed uh, Alley Cat, and this would have been like two thousand and eight. And I asked when Old Dude was coming out. I might have even been that year because I got a reply saying, we still got too much of last year's vintage, so mm-hmm. we're not going to do it this year. Yep. And I was like, all right. I, that would have been a vote when I said, uh, yeah. I can you direct me to where I can buy last year's then? Because I had a bottle and I want more. Uh, category 16, fruit beer. Uh, so at, I know what one gold in this category. Of course you know what gold in gold in this category. I identified it in the best in show. <laughs> it was his Beats by Sendon. So no, that's uh that's in the sours. Oh right, yeah. Uh, so at Bronze Origin Short Shorts Cherry Kolsch, which was pretty good. Yeah, sounds uh, like it would be good. Silver Medal Brewster's Brewing Company Fifty Seventh Street Peach. Oh, that's yeah, that's good. also a good call. I like that and beer. at Gold Medal Matt uh, Main Squeeze Grapefruit Ale has to be. Uh, of course, it's just so good. Yeah, it's exactly what you want a fruit beer to be. Mm-hmm. Like there's you can't argue with that. No, it's so it's, well executed. God, do you remember the summer that hit? Yes. Yeah. It was what huge. Fucking, very I mean, I know very does, fucking well. What a fucking took, revelation. Oh, well, yeah, because you were there, right? That was my first year. So number se- uh, category 17, Spice Beer. Oh, no, this did win a medal. This won bronze. Oh, good. Hard good. Knox that was... Brewery. We've been drinking. Okay, so let's come back to this because we've been drinking on this. We, we have we have a howler in front of us. And Owen and Matt have been drinking on this. Paul Matt did not been, care for this Paul beer. Paul did not care. Would you like to open another one? There's Prairie Pounder in the fridge. Oh, I've been drinking things Matt brought. All right, I, all right. I will, but. You should pound your prairie, Paul. You should pound your prairie. I don't get this reference, but I'll pound whatever you want if it's you alcohol obviously related. obviously don't spend enough time on the beer internet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Hard I spend time okay, on cocktail internet. Because I, I had falsely said earlier in the podcast that, that this, this didn't, didn't win anything. Out. But no, this in fact won a bronze medal and deservedly so because this is. Probably one of the most interesting beers that came across my table the whole weekend. Yeah. Okay. What else? What won silver and gold? Uh, I, I will tell you. Thank you. Uh, silver medal is Cooley's Milk River Vanilla Milk Stout. And at gold is uh, Power Up Porter from Analog. Okay. Which I can get behind. Yeah, I, I can. I, I haven't tried the one, but. Uh, and so 18 is Other Flavored Beers. At uh, bronze medal is Town Square Prairie Fire Rock beer. Huh. Good beer. Uh, interesting. I like to see the a first rock. edition of that than more than I like the, the the current version. The first one I thought I thought was a little smoother. Uh, I am honestly surprised to see a Rauch beer. Rauch Rauch beer get that high. <laughs> and Sorry, I that, uh, are, are you, Matt, are you ready for this one? Yes, I'm ready. Pedant silver medal. Big Rock Honey Brown. What? Uh, <laughs> blind tasting, man. 
Yeah. You know what? I like that beer. I, it's a good beer. For, it's totally like, fine. For a sort of sweet ale, I'm I'm behind it. It came in again. And when you are entering a honey beer into other flavored beers, you're up against beers with big, strong flavors. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's the next right, category? Right here. Where did we stop? Honey brown. Honey brown. Honey brown. Okay. So, and this, to me, this was the most interesting beer in the com- uh, competition. The Hard Knocks beer? The Hard, uh, nope. Uh, no, not this one. This oh. one was really good. Yeah. I really like this beer. I don't. I know you don't, but you would have loved, loved what won the gold medal in Category 18. What's uh-huh. Category 18? Category 18 was Old Beautiful Brewing Company's Last Resort Negroni-inspired ale. Oh, these are like others, other flavored other beers? Other flavored beer. It was <laughs> so well executed. It I was like, what that. if you had, like, they they basically made a Campari beer. In the same way that Jungle Bird is... A jungle bird beer? I have no idea what that is. Our dark sour? I haven't tried it. Get out of my house. Yeah. Do you have some? Not no. yet. Well, talk to me in a month. They, they, Less they, than a month. Dandy makes better sours. It's not my favorite. The Julia is the best. But this is like <clears throat> the I, when I'm when I'm traveling down in when I go I, <clears throat> my wife and I had gone to Mexico like a bunch of times. This was like we were poor students a lot of the time. Yeah, but we would always find a way to get to a three and a half star Mexican resort about right. once a year. Yeah, because especially you gotta... when the dollar was at par, right? We would because oh. it was like under two grand to get the two of us down to Cal or down to uh, Mexico for a week. Yeah, and. We, uh, when, when I get to Mexico, my drinking habits work like this. I start in tequila shots, tequila shots, tequila shots, tequila shots, water, 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 coffee, 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 beer, 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 beer. That's the first two days. Okay. And then I drink either Campari and soda or red vermouth and soda for the rest of the trip. Okay. And because when it's really hot. I want something that's light and that has like it's it, no sweetness. Yeah, something right? and Campari and has some sweetness. That's why I, I usually go from Campari sodas to to red vermouth and soda. Red vermouth is much sweeter than Campari. Campari has more sugar. Yeah, but red if you're drinking is much it sweeter. with soda, I think that red vermouth and soda is not as sweet. Hard disagree, but okay. All right. Weird flex, but all right. <laughs> What else won in this category? That was the gold medal. Oh, that was so, the gold medal. But finish your goddamn list so we can talk about something else. Fuck off. Okay. You're not in charge here, Paul. It's my house. Category. Man. It's my podcast. <laughs> my podcast too. It's his dog. It's mostly my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what this seems like uh, when like I'm gone too. Eighty twenty. All right. Sour beers. Bronze medal, Town yeah. Square, beats by Sinden. Boo! Should have been gold. Eh, it's an overrated beer. Wait for beer. it. Oh. You're an overrated beer. Uh, I am an overrated beer. Uh, silver medal, Patty's Barbecue and Brewery, Sour Cherry Stout, which is, we're going there. Like, okay. next, like, you, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. make it happen. Summertime? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll be. Yeah, man. And uh, at number one is Grain Bin Brewery, Grain Bin 2, which is their, it's a strong sour beer. Huh. So, I have not. I have tried the beets. You have not tried the grain bin too. No, I haven't tried anything but the beets. It was fine. I like beets a lot. It is. I would drink a beets here and there. Favorite beers out of that. I have. I have been known to drink a beets. It's not good when it warms up a bit. 
Well, every time well, then I drink next, it when it's cold. Yeah, every t- that's a, that's a that's a failing on you, not yeah. on the beer. You need to drink faster. I when I say a bit, I mean like fifteen minutes after it's been cracked. I uh, every time I see them at a show, you want to swap a few? It's like, yeah. What do you want? Beets. I bought it more than Category once. Category twenty barrel aged beer. At bronze medal is village barrel aged friend. Okay. At silver is friend with who? Just barrel aged friend, village friend. But uh, the friend is always a collab. Well, I don't know who it was. Okay. I don't know. I actually on. I got a bottle of that in my basement. I'll let you know. Okay. Carry on. And the uh, what the fuck? So okay, Brewster's uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. Barrel aged yeah, Imperial that's Stout. Legit. That's Dodoy. They Brewster's does. They're pretty good. Yeah. Brewster's and Grizzly Paw usually. You know what? Their Blue Monk Barley Wine is definitely one of my favorite. Like. Canadian made barley wine. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah. And you can get it on draft. And you can get it anywhere. Yeah. Right? Anywhere in Alberta that sells good beer, you can probably find Blue yeah. Monk. Uh-huh. I have some bourbon. Even if you can't find Old Dude, you can probably find Blue Monk. Yeah. Yep. I had some barrel-aged Blue Monk from a couple years ago. I didn't like the barrel-aged as much. One of my favorite beers from last year was Grizzly Paws Tequila Barrel-Aged. That was really wine. cool. That was so interesting. Good. I don't it know that so... I liked it, but it was you interesting. I was surprised that I enjoyed a tequila barrel aged beer as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And now I look for them. Hmm. Uh, Gold? Gold. What are we talking about in category two? Yeah, barrel aged. Uh, Cooley Brewing Company barrel aged Cooley Quad. So Cooley has meddled Belgian quite a quad. few times in that. Yeah. Yeah. In Cooley year. has. Good Where are they them. from? Lethbridge. Uh, Lethbridge. Hmm. So, and uh, as, as you. Uh, as you may recall, the head brewer there was once the head brewer, or one of the brewers at Alley Cat. Who's the head brewer there? It's Sean. Uh... Oh, I feel so bad because I'm so bad with names. Sean with the gunfighter mustache. That might have been before my time. Okay. I don't remember hearing about Sean from yeah, Alley Cat. That was I'm going to feel really, 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 really bad about this because I've known Sean for like a lot of Long years. Time. You've been drinking. It's I have fine. been drinking. It's true. I have been drinking. Uh, All right. as much as I should be pulled over, but no, we should, uh, we should finish uh, the category so we can do our shit. Right, Wait, is there more right. trendy beer of the year was brute beer. And I don't like those either. I know. Right. Brute I didn't I... like, I didn't like brute beer as much as brute IPA is boring. I really liked Andy's we were, beer. I would have gonna... preferred to have seen that guava IPA, not a brute. It was going to be just brute IPAs, but then other brute beers showed up and we were like, should these go in with the other categories? Should they go no, in with the brute beers? The we're brute like, beers. well, the trendy part isn't the IPA part. The it's trendy the part is the brute part. So we threw everything in that was brute. So the uh, bronze was Cold Garden Champagne Garden Brute IPA. Silver was Troubled Monk Brute IPA. And first place was Outcast Chateau de Outcast Brute IPA. Yeah. There you go. There's that Patrick. all tracks. Cheers, Patrick. Who Yay. blocked me on Facebook. Who blocked Paul on Facebook. Well, First I, time that's ever happened. If I was into blocking people on Facebook, I'd block you too. <laughs> yeah, but you're not, so we're Facebook friends. Hey. Category 22, which was the all Alberta malt category. And so at bronze, and I was shocked by this because when I rolled into Blind Man on Friday night, I drank a pint of or 12 ounces <laughs> of this, and then I drank another 12 ounces because it like I don't drink two of the same beer at a brewery tap room fucking ever. ever. Why? Why would you do that? Why would I do that? And there was a list of other beers, but I knew I was going to be there all weekend. Yeah. There was a list of other beers That's that I wanted. That's why you would do that. I drank a 24 2. 
And then I drank another 24 too because it was insane. Is that I right? loved that beer. Bronze medal. <laughs> huh. I loved that Which beer. Which beer was this? It was, it was uh, Blind Man 24 2. What is it? It's, uh, it's an old ale. Oh, old ales are an old friend of this show. Right? The, uh, so good. That fucking one that we did on like episode seven. Yeah, the, yeah I remember that. I can't, oh, I can't believe you remember the episode number of it. Wasn't, it was it within was our very, first yeah, ten. It was okay. very early. Okay, that was back when we recorded if three in a sitting. If you are anywhere in the province of Alberta that is within a reasonable proximity of Blind Man 24-2, go and buy it. Yeah. It is so good. Silver Metal Prairie Pounder. Which we've got over in yeah, the fridge. And beer. we've got at number one, Campio Brewing Company All Malt Lager. Oh, good for them. Right? Which I heard very mixed reviews of all weekend. So that didn't come out of, out of the the mega monolith facility. Not the monolith, but... The last bike? Yeah, Campio came out of Campio's own brew house. I have no idea. Well, Campio hasn't really been built yet, has it? Because it's where our characters... Is that right? Yeah, that's going to be their location. Oh, okay. Maybe so I'm, maybe I'm jumping. I don't know then. where they're contracting out of. Whether they're at one of the Bear Hill locations or whether they're at a different place. Mm-hmm. But well, no, apparently it was a gold medal. Nobody could taste the contract. Oh, sweet, excellent, good to hear. Uh, and then my absolute favorite judging experience. Uh, the only things that I actually hands on judged all weekend, except for best of show. And I, for best of show, I was there to facilitate. I wasn't allowed to like say anything because I knew yeah. what everything was. But I was just like. How do we go about narrowing down from 22 to 3? Yeah. But category 23 uh, was an exhibition category, and I actually hands-on judged this. And it was me and Kirk Bondar's kids. Okay. And we judged the craft soda category. Nice. Oh, yeah. So bronze medal is a Grizzly Paw Root Beer. Silver medal is uh, the Annex Ale Project Root Beer. Okay. And gold medal, Annex Ale Project Ginger Beer. Nice. That is a... That is a soda for grown-ups. Yeah. That with some gin. Ooh. Um, I enjoy <clears throat> Troubled Monk's ginger ale as well. So uh, since we're talking gin and ginger beer, have you ever tried uh, ginger and mule? No. So Audrey Sanders, Saunders, one of the like, she's now one of the godmothers of the, the modern cocktail uh, renaissance, but it was one of her originals from, I think it was the Pegu Club in uh, New York City. But it's uh, gin, ginger beer, lime, mint, Simple and soda water. Mm. No, not soda water. What am I saying? It was uh, ginger beer. Fuck, I'm drunk. Basically, it's a mule, but with gin and... Okay. Fuck, that's good. <clears throat> so if it's good with that, you should try yeah. it. Okay. The gin gin mule. So, best of show. At bronze medal was Alley Cat Main Squeeze. Interesting. I, won- I can't remember if it won bronze last year or not. I don't remember what yeah. it won last year. I guess we could look it up. Yeah. Uh... Second place, Annex Forward Progress. Okay. That's a good beer. I don't think I've ever had it. At gold medal, another sour, Grain Bin Wild Ale 2. Good. Good. I have have a bottle of that in my basement that I consciously did not bring here tonight because screw you guys, I'm drinking that. (laughs) You're not welcome back anymore. I'm glad that a sour medal in Best in Show this year. That makes me happy. I thought that should have happened last year, and I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe. So it did. where does that leave us with the overall tally? It leaves it with third place, Town Square, Yeah. with eight points. So the way it was, it was four points for a gold medal, two points for a silver medal, one point for a bronze medal. Right. So Town Square had eight points. Cooley had nine points. And Alley Cat had ten points. 
there was a two point spread between Golden Bronze. Okay. And then at six points, there was an eight way tie for fourth. Good lord. Huh. So that gives you an idea. That's the other thing. I don't know if this had anything to do with it. It probably did. We put an, a hard cap okay. on entries, six entries per brewery this year, just because we knew that with 100 breweries, if we allowed, like last year, some breweries entered like over 20 beers. Yeah. Oof. And if we allowed 100 breweries to enter 20 beers, be there we would die. Yeah. We would all die. There would be no chance of getting it done. No. You'd be that would there have for to be a nine-day judging process. Yeah. It would be just nightmarish, and nobody has enough time and effort to do that. No. Um, so new brewer of the year is the other category that we use, the, the highest scoring new brewery that did so not, was not open. was not open the previous year. Right. So in order to be a part of this competition, you had to have beer available for sale to the public in 2018. Right. So it was a three-way tie. Huh. For first? For first. Well, three-way tie. It's going to be for first, right? Cause, I guess so. Right, right. Um, so Patty's Barbecue, Sawback, and Snake Lake. Yeah, that, three-way tie. again, that all tracks. Yep. So that was... Uh, that was two days worth of... Uh, three days. Dr- three days worth of drinking in Lacombe? Yeah. Nice. A good place... Oh, let me tell you something. If you're in Lacombe, one, we ate at Cilantro and Chive a lot. Yeah. But if you want to get a pizza in Alberta, Mo's go to Moe's. Yeah, yeah, Moe's is good. unreal. It was. It's They're... not a thin crust pizza. No. It is not Neapolitan style. No. It is. But it was good. Hit you in the face with a pound of cheese pizza. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm uh, a proponent of actual Chicago deep dish. Then you might like Moe's pizza. Thin crust, not my thing. Yeah. Mm. This is, this is heavy duty pizza. cuts up my fucking gums. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Owen, we've, uh, we've, talking pr- for we've been talking for two hours. hours. Wow. Um, <laughs> my right. wife's gonna kill me ah, sorry I got you in trouble yeah. uh, but thank you for joining us uh, this I'm has not, been I'm not sorry Okay. Yeah. well you don't have to be Paul's a misanthrope yeah. also I'm not married yeah. that's true but that doesn't preclude you from not being a jerk about it Like, I had fun um, thank you so much for joining us uh, this has been, uh, this has been a good time we didn't do sad when it's over we're gonna get there oh, it's not, that sounded don't like worry we're not gonna miss it I've been thinking about this yeah Dude, like uh, I know once I actually I know have something Owen's to talk listening. about you have something um, to talk about I always forget this because I don't do this show when we <laughs> end this show we like to uh, do it with a recommendation something we've been listening to watching reading enjoying uh, Owen clearly thought about it so why doesn't he fucking take the lead off spot all right so this isn't glad when I this isn't sad when it's over. This is I'll be fucking glad when it's over. And I've been listening for the last couple of years to the Lawfare podcast. Okay. So Lawfare is a project of the Brookings Institution, which is a nonprofit institution dedicated to the to the study of liberal democracy. Okay. And liberal I'm already angry. So um and basically, in the last two years, they have discovered that, one, their listenership has skyrocketed, and two, they have a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. And so it is, uh, they get on some really incredible guests. So they had James Comey on. They've got, wow. you know, if you, if you used to be White House counsel, if you were the uh, PR person for the CIA, if you were... You know, the head of the U- the American delegation to the UN, you're on their podcast. And so the gist of it is it is the a podcast about the intersection between 
national security studies and international and domestic constitutional law, which as a constitutional law nerd, (laughs) I'm all over. Right. Right. And uh, they they had a very earnest like uh, discussion a, a, a couple of months ago about we've got all these new people and we really don't know who our audience is anymore. Is it? Because when we started this, we thought it was going to be constitutional law nerds and national security nerds, and we would have an audience of maybe a thousand people. Yeah. And now we have like 50,000 subscribers, and most of them have never been to law school and have never been involved in government, but just have an interest in what the fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And so it's, it's one of these things where I wish I didn't feel the need to listen to this podcast every week. But I'm so glad it's there because every time there is like an emergency indictment or, you know, somebody's been arrested or, you know, Roger Stone has had his bail revoked or whatever, <laughs> they're on it. I After think, threatening the fucking judge. I can think, you imagine? In, sorry. I as just, a lawyer. I just, I just grabbed an image and, you know, one of my staffers But wasn't your first clue that he has, in fact, has a Richard Nixon tattoo on his back? On his back. What the fuck? The man is, like, he admitted it. He's he admitted villain. that he was a criminal. He denied it first, but then he admitted it. You're like, that man's my hero. I should tattoo him on my back. That's like getting a Charles Manson tattoo yeah. and be like, he's just so smart, man. Well, Stone also pulls the uh, the, the double victory oh, pose every time he... Uh, anyways. Uh, uh. History repeats itself. The first time is tragedy. The second time is farce. Yeah, don't quote Adorno on our podcast. <laughs> you know what I really loved was when... Jacob Yulecki was on here and you guys were talking about the Panopticon and I was like, my thesis is about that. And so was, I've written about that too. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the best like predictions about what our society is going to yeah, be. Yeah. Like. Jeremy Bentham was very ahead of his Bentham, time. Foucault. It was just, ah. I realized the other day we're living in an Orson Scott card novel. No, we're living in a William Gibson novel. Okay. William Gibson I follow William William Gibson on Twitter. Me too. And I think, I don't know, but I think that he would take the position that we're not living in a William Gibson novel because we're coming up with things that are far stupider. Okay. The more serious ends of our current dystopia are definitely straight out of an at great dismal novel. Yeah. Uh, but crossed with like 1960s, 19, like, Philip K. Dick interpretations of the future in an absurdist way. I've, I've embraced the idea in the last couple of years that we are living in somebody's alternative timeline. Oh, totally. And it's the the nature of this alternative timeline is (laughs) what if we had the stupidest possible outcome to everything? I have been saying this on Twitter for years. We are in the stupidest possible dystopic timeline. We couldn't be stupider. When I was... Okay, so I took a, an undergraduate degree that was basically a strategic studies degree in the 90s. So they didn't You're have... You're a poli-sci kid, aren't you? Yeah, I am a poli-sci uh, kid. fuck you. And I know, right? And... I'm a historian. We didn't like your kind. I, well, I had a minor in I'm history. A philosophy that student. I hate But you're going to... You. So, <clears throat> if I could go back in time and slap one... <laughs> writer in my area of study in the oh, 90s what an Fukuyama. excellent question who francis fukuyama the end of history yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Because, no, it didn't fucking end. Of course it didn't. Populist nationalism took a breather while we were doing a victory lap and are now outpacing us. <laughs> right. We and didn't then, realize like, the race wasn't fucking over. And then, like, bandit capitalism took over in the former Soviet Union and has made its way here 20 years later. Yeah, no shit history didn't end. Yeah. Fukuyama was a fucking moron. Yep. Paul, do you want to go next? Sure. <laughs> what do you got? <clears throat> so, uh... A set of books that have been sitting on my shelf for about 12 years, um, which is published as a trilogy that was technically nine, eight or nine novels that were actually one long one. It's called The Baroque Cycle. It's by an author named Neil Stevenson. I love Neil Stevenson. Uh, I've been meaning to read these for ages. They're called The Baroque Cycle because they are set during the Baroque era. And the very first novel, Quicksilver novel, the first part of the first novel of that, uh, is dealing with, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the core of this whole series is the natural philosophers. And so the, 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 the series starts off as sort of a uh, uh, Holmes and Watson-y thing with a fictional character named Daniel Waterhouse to Isaac Newton's Holmes. Um, and while it, it branches off from there and it literally covers the entirety of the planet uh, over the course of about a 40 or 50 year uh, stretch within the, the books themselves, it's like the 1680s, 1670 something like that through 1714 which is the end of the book um and is wacky and very dense philosophically at times and one of the first series i've read in about 15 years where i actively didn't want it to end um where that was a thing that i used to feel once upon a time and i, I i've kind of transitioned to i burn through books like i'll read seven novels in a week if i'm really feeling it and i don't have other things to do <clears throat> Uh, and so this was about, I don't know, 3,000 pages-ish for the, the whole lot. And uh, it helped that I was reading it on my tablet because it, they're, they're big fucking books. Each of, like, all three of them are around nine, 900 to 1,000 pages. So, like, they're bulky and kind of awkward. Um, but as I, I started to, like, once I, I hit book three, I was like, I'm almost kind of not wanting to read this because I know it's going to be over soon. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's not my era in history, but I'm still versed enough in it. And I'm a historian. Uh, so that I appreciate the amount of detail he put into this where like there were actual quotations from the works of people being cited and the personalities were fairly accurate to what our historical records of these people are. And uh, they were fun and also not fun. It was something where um, the news about the measles outbreak in uh, Washington state popped up oh, when I was reading this and it, it made me stop and think that smallpox is a big presence in the last two books in this. As just the assumption that if you're alive, you're probably going to get smallpox at some point. And the hope is that you come out of it surviving it and don't get flayed alive by the disease, which is basically what smallpox did. Um, Jesus, that's what smallpox does to you? Your skin blisters up and it melts your skin. Huh. Uh, if you're lucky, you just end up with some clear pox scars. If you're not lucky, you're, you basically get flayed alive. It was bad. Gross. Uh, you so, really don't want the smallpox. No. no, apparently not. So it was one of those things. Vaccinate where, like, your kids. I had chicken pox as a kid. I also was unlucky enough to get pertussis, a.k.a. whooping cough. Um, and it was the like minor version because I was vaccinated, but whatever. But it made me stop and think, I've never lived in a world where smallpox was the thing I had to mm -hmm. worry about. Because I was born in 89 and yep. smallpox was eradicated in the 70s. God, you're a youngster. Yeah, no, I told you. I'm the youngest person in the room. Yeah. I don't sound or look it, but I am. Matt. So... I was recently. Do you have something that you've uh, enjoyed? Lately? I do. Uh, I was recently encouraged to uh, revisit The Sopranos by a friend of mine who had just started doing exactly that. And I, do I know them. Huh, Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. Casey. Yeah. Um, and I just finished Game of Thrones with like the annual, the great rewatch of 2018 pre final season, which I like. 
I want to watch it with other people, but also I kind of want to watch the last episode by myself so I don't have to talk about it with anybody for like, like, I feel I just want to sit with that, but that's a whole other thing. Um, if you were a fan of The Sopranos and watched it in the 90s or early aughts, watch it again. If you never did, watch it for the first time. Um, it's It holds up for a show that's about a, like, hyper-masculine, toxic... Mom boss. Uh, yeah, uh, just like f- for all the things that don't age well, The Sopranos ages surprisingly well. Um, it's just more apparent how ab- abhorrently shitty everyone in that show is to everyone else, like mm-hmm. how manipulative they are. But it is an astoundingly well constructed period piece at this point of what life was like, of, uh, of what li- American life was like in the late 90s, early aughts. So, yeah, like pre Great Recession, pre cell, like really pre cell phone. Uh, mm-hmm. They have flip phones in the first season, but, but nobody's got a smartphone. No. It was the last <laughs> sort of non digital. Uh, it even like the origin of it predates nine eleven, right? Um, well, yeah, it premiered in like ninety eight, in, in ninety nine. Yeah. Um, so it it just to like it it doesn't feel dated or <laughs> hacky, right? Like it really does feel of its time. And I like I think the thing I I know that show backwards and forwards. Like it kind of astounds me how well I know it. But the thing that kind of strikes me in this viewing of it is that it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel cheap or or shitty like it's low quality old. It just it feels very much like this could have been made right now, just about, about that, that time. But yeah. being a period, piece. yeah, exactly. Like I would, I would still enjoy it if it was a brand new show right now, the way I did watching it then. It's it, it, that's what kind of surprised me most about it. So if you have watched it, it's worth looking at again. If you haven't. Do you have thoughts about the movie they're making? Um, yeah. So when it ended, my first thought was like, those stories are over. Tell me stories about Johnny mm-hmm. and like and Tony's father. And that's what the movie's going to be about. And oh. it's got most of the original creative team attached yeah. to it. So like, mm-hmm. I was real skeptical until I got a little more details mm-hmm. where like, this is about like junior. Well, it's about Dickie. Kid and no, fucking... it's about Christopher's father. Yeah. Well, it's about all of their parents. Right? Uh, um, or Dicky Moltisanti will play a, a yeah. central role in it. Well, and so is uh, Tony's dad. Yeah, Johnny's going to be in it, and presumably Junior would have to be involved mm-hmm. in that. So I'm immediately on board yeah, no, for I'm all, all of that. that. That sounds pretty tops to me. Were you? Are, I watched The Sopranos when it was new. So when was the last time you watched it? When it was I new? didn't watch the last season. <laughs> like I stopped watching. So well, it was still being broadcast. Okay, so how far in did you get? Because I, I watched everything but the last season. Okay, so the, I, I remember... Don't tell me anything! No, Spoilers! I, I Jesus! I haven't finished it. Uh, Matt and I have talked about this before, but there's there's a, a very specific point at which I went, I'm out. Uh, I'm, you would know better which season this was in, but the entire family goes out for dinner at a restaurant, and uh, they don't tip their waiter. Oh, yeah. And he follows them out into a parking lot, and Polly caves like his skull in five. with a brick. Oof. Uh, that was the last episode I watched. I was like, you know what? I don't like any of these people. No. I think I'm done. Well, that's the point. They're horrible, horrible. Well, people. and Jen's like Dr. Melfi's ex husband is right. Like at one point, at a certain point, you're going to get past <laughs> psychotherapy and all its cheesy moral relativism, and you're going to get to good and evil. And he's evil, and that's exactly what happens. He's a hundred percent right. And even watching some of them, like. Where they try to, like, catch each other in lies, or one of them is manipulating the other one and it doesn't work out. But, like, 
they're both like so many of them are simultaneously morally right and completely corrupt at the same time like yes you're right about that it's like watching the democratic party yeah (laughs) and Um, on that note so uh you can find the show on the internet (laughs) drink this pod dot com or screaming ducks and studios.com you can shoot us an email drink this pod at gmail.com and we are at drink this pod on any and all social media platforms that are participated upon paul where can people find you i'm at igor zarubo uh i am at slingsbot on any social media you'd want to find me on owen i am at yeg beer judge and you should also check out the alberta beer awards at um, at ab beer awards Owen is a great follow, by the way. Um, yes. I, uh, also uh, responsible for one of my favorite descriptions of one of mine and Paul's flame wars, which was something along the lines of, oh, you know, just watching uh, Paul and Matt dunk on some guy over bat flips. So, you know, some, some like, bigot over bat flips. So just a totally normal day. <laughs> totally normal Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah that Matt, sounds about right. Matt and I get bored at work and shit posts. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um... Oh, this has been fun. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. This was a good time. Apparently it's going to take some... To get You're going to have to edit a lot of this. Dude, we're gonna, so I've got like, what amounts to about two hours and 20 minutes of episode tape. 45 minutes of podcast. Yeah, I'm going to have to whittle it down. Uh, so also, episode 100 is upcoming, and now because we went so long, this is now going to be episode 99, part one, episode 99, part two. Whereas normally I would make part one and two two separate episodes, but so episode one hundred is coming up. So stick around. Uh, we yeah, um, you're new to this. Show, I rolled you over under episode one hundred. You don't get to be on fucking episode one hundred. Until next time, I have been.